0: Hey everyone, Alicia Marinelli here, the host of The Living Sport Podcast, where we connect you to young professionals and sport business experts from around the world. Today's guest is Andrew Haynes, a guy that wears many hats in the industry, from owning sports teams to working for franchise teams and everywhere in between. Andrew and I really connected because he has a true passion for seeing young professionals grow in the industry, and you guys know I love to see that. We'll dive into his unique story of how he got into owning multiple sports teams, which is a common answer when I ask that interview question of what is your dream job in sports. Lots of young professionals out there mentioning owning a team and we will hear just how Andrew made that happen. We will also talk about getting involved and doing things in the industry that other people aren't doing because that is how you get noticed. And before we begin, I want to remind you to please subscribe to our podcast and rate it five stars. Also, follow us on social at I am living sport to learn more about living sport and the amazing sport business programs we offer. Visit us at living Here's our next episode. Here is another episode of the Living Sport Podcast. Welcome to Andrew Haynes. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: Great. It's a lovely day here. Excited to talk to, uh, to you because you have a lot going on and you're just my type of person that you're dabbling all over the place. And I love it because I do that too.
1: <laughs> my wife calls it crazy, but uh, <laughs> she stuck around for 20 something years. So I guess it's not too bad.
0: Your wife is most definitely right on that word, craziness, but we live for the craziness. That's why we're in the sport industry.
1: Yeah, love it. I When I got out of it for like a few months or sold some teams, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do without all the chaos in my life. It was very strange not to be putting fires out every day
0: we're firefighters. That's what doing live events, sport events are. We are firefighters. Okay. So you are involved in a lot of different aspects of the sport industry. How would you describe your sports business background?
1: I mean, I would say, you know, first and foremost, I'm an entrepreneur. I've bought and sold dozens of businesses over the last 20 plus years. So I'm kind of an owner operator for the most part, most of my career in the sports world. I didn't start at the, you know, ticket sales and work my way up. I kind of just went right for it, kind of a non-traditional way, I guess you could say. But I I owned businesses as early as 19 years old and sold a few of them, got enough money to start my first team. And then for the last 19 years, I would just build them up, sell them and continue to try to go to a higher level and had some great successes and, you know, had some Face plants, <laughs> you could say. So but no, it's it's been a fun journey.
0: Okay, you recently started a podcast, what you said two, three months ago?
1: Yeah, it's coming up on two months, I think this week.
0: Two months. Do you want to give it a shout out?
1: Yeah, I started the Andrew Haynes show, very original name, I know. I wanted to focus on just you know some of the connections that I have within the sports world from minor league to major league college, you know, rec departments, anything that I can kind of connect and share. I I always, I talk to a lot of these people and have some great conversations. We all have some great war stories. And I was like, this would be a good opportunity to kind of share that. And then hopefully some of those, you know, some of the segments will help people, whether it's with sales or marketing or, or whatever, but they're hearing from, you know, real life people and, you know, it's it's been great. So we're coming up on two months. It's rapidly growing, and then we started Free Agent Fridays, which is a new series. Every Friday, we announce or release videos of interviews with people who lost their jobs due to COVID nineteen. So that's really gotten a lot of traction. And I started out with that as like, hey, this is a, a one one person a week type thing, and I I put it out publicly and. Like within 48 hours, I had over 100 emails, and so I'm still trying to get through them. I think I'm over. I'll be over 40 this week when we release those. But and that that'll be our fifth week, I believe. But that's just been very rewarding. I I wasn't anticipating it to be like that, and it's just it's kind of crazy how that's taken off.
0: That's an example of how you just do something right. If you have a good idea, just start it up, and it yep. could flourish on its own getting started is the hardest part in anything and your free agent Fridays are just that I see them all over social media and I think it's great because you know a lot of things are happening during this time right now we're in a crazy time in this in in our lifetime um, something that people have never seen and a lot of people in the sport industry have lost their jobs. so for you to come out there and help them and give them a channel to tell their stories and say, "Hey, I'm looking to be hired." I think it's wonderful. So kudos to you on that. Thanks. Now, how does one get involved in Free Agent Fridays?
1: I have like a Google sign-up sheet, but I also people just email me. I mean, it's really just reaching out, and I'm not gonna turn anybody away. I mean, there's one that you know he didn't lose his job, but he's got one more year of uh, his graduate degree, I think, and. I was like, yeah. So we called that one Restricted Free Agent. But I, you know what? It's been cool and it's it's kind of taken off. So it's like, I just, I want to help as many people as I can. So I will probably keep this series going even when people are back at work and people are, there are less jobs available. In the sports world, it's it's difficult sometimes to find that position. So I, th- I think... From my standpoint, I'll probably continue. Maybe not as many every week because when I do 8 to 12 a week, it's a lot of time.
0: Sure is. I think your restricted free agent was a living sport alum, Anthony Rizzo.
1: Yes, he was. I I was looking and it's like, man, there's like probably at least half a dozen or a dozen that were part of your program. So I thought that was pretty cool. Thanks for sharing that for me.
0: Yeah, that's what it's about. You know, We talked kind of when we were just getting started pre-recording how... (laughs) People like us should help each other because the main goal is to help these kids, young professionals get jobs. We were all there at one time. The sport industry is so hard to get into. And now more than ever, you know, you add this layer on top of it. And I think it's great. So shout out. You had Anthony Rizzo. You had Chelsea Bingham. You had Daniel Hancock. You had Dylan Hammond.
1: Yep.
0: And that is all I saw. So I'm not okay. sure to talk to anybody else else, but shout out to them for getting involved and, and doing something that's different for sure.
1: Yeah. Well, when they all came on, I, I, honestly, I didn't really know exactly what your company did before. And so I think it might've been Dylan or somebody has volunteered and made multiple trips and Dylan. yeah, was telling me about the program. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. It's like, yeah. I wish I would have found this earlier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For sure. You know, we were always looking for mentors so we could keep that door open for you. We bring business professionals on the trip. So instead of like a group leader or somebody that is just there to direct your travels, these are actually people who work in sports. So Dylan, he started off in the London program, was a rock star from day one. As a young professional, we brought him on the trip to Milan, Italy in that same year as a junior mentor And then he's been to Cancun with us. I visited him in Colorado Springs. He did a tour for Living Sport. So yeah, these kids are doing great things. And it's a really great opportunity to get involved and really travel the world. So like you, I do this too. We hear from many young professionals, okay? So you see their resume, you get to talk and hear about them explaining what they have done in the past. So we know there's competition out there from them, in your opinion- what do people, what do these young professionals have to do to stand out?
1: Well, I mean, no, number one for me, and this is a, just my thing and, you know, people go both ways, but if, if you're going to email me about a job, number one is have a cover sheet. Like, and I even talked about that on one of the podcasts. It's important because I'm busy. I get, if I have to look at every resume, when you get 300 resumes for, you know, one position, it's a lot of time. And so the cover letter, it eliminates people who don't take the time to do it, to, to pitch me in that thing. So, I mean, I think that's important, but just a lot of the people that have gone through your program and a couple of the ones that I just did, I mean, have a lot of volunteer experience. And for me, I didn't go to college. So I look at experience, real life you know, experience, whether that be volunteer work, internships, anything, but somebody who's had a vast, you know, experience level there. I I just, it goes right to the top for me.
0: For sure. I am that hands-on type of person too. Like I learn best when I'm actually doing the task. I'm not a reader. Like I'll be (laughs) honest, I don't get much from reading a book. My mind goes all different ways. I could read the same paragraph 12 times and I'm just like, Oh, I give up. Right. (laughs) I am a doer, so totally agree with you there. Experience is always key. And it also shows how committed you are to something. If somebody graduates with that sport management degree, great. Yeah, you showed your passion because you were four years studying this. But if you have no experience alongside of that, it's like, hey, man, what were you doing?
1: Yeah, were you just partying throughout <laughs> school? Uh, if you're like a student athlete, like probably Division One or something, I you know, it may – you know, it may help, but yeah, if you're just sitting around doing nothing, it's like, you know, are you going to be lazy? You know, can you deal with people? (laughs) Like,
0: yeah, give us something here, right? right. Even athletes, they could squeak in a volunteer experience. Oh, definitely
1: volunteer. volunteer. Yeah. Yes.
0: All right. Say I'm a young professional coming on your show. Now you've seen a lot of them. You've seen their mannerisms, what they do. What advice would you have for me to totally rock my interview?
1: Well, I think, you know, appearance is important. You know, like you don't want to look sloppy. I mean, this is your chance to be in front of people. So I think that, you know, the the more you you take it like an interview, like if you're going to a job, I'm not saying you have to put a tie on, but I think a collared shirt for, for guys, a business casual for, for women. But, you know, do that part. Be prepared. Like listen or watch some of the other you know, interviews, it's pretty much the same questions and it's easy. And I'd say about half the the people or more are really prepared and, and, and do that. Um, but that's the one thing. And there's still some that, that don't. And it's like, Hey, this is your, your chance to make a first impression to thousands of people. And so I would say be prepared there and then just be yourself, like show your personality. You know I mean? That's, I think that's important too. And that's that's the benefit of the video over a resume. And utilize the video that we do to include in your cover letter when you're applying somewhere. But, you know, it's looking for a job when you're unemployed is a full-time job. So take it seriously.
0: Sure is. You know, I wonder where academia or where things go wrong that. Some people don't take an opportunity like that seriously. Come sloppy, come not prepared for it. You said research the other videos. That is the key driver right now for people that are signing up now. They could go back and watch a slew of other videos to see how they yep. went. You just wonder where we are going wrong as a society that some young professionals don't understand that, right? We're here yeah. to help, right?
1: Yeah, no, I'm, and that's the cool thing, you know, and I think... You know, a lot of times the the younger generation has more of a sense of entitlement and, you know, it's the people I've been working with have been great. But just, you know, having interns and things like that, you're going to that's typically where I hire people that have worked with me that can stand me long enough to work with me. (laughs) But just you get a sense for their work ethic, their attitude, how they interact with people. So but yeah, it's for me, I'm very, very picky when it comes to hiring people.
0: You know, you said something there. You said show your personality. You said something like we have, basically have to get along because when you're working in the sport industry, 40 hours a week is a minimum number. Right? <laughs> so you want to be around people that you enjoy because, you know, you worked in baseball. I come from a baseball background. Man, baseball's a grind. And that front office staff is kind of like a family. Because your real family are off at weddings and family reunions. You're working with your work family and it's great. But you definitely want to be that team player and want to get along with people to make that opportunity really a good one.
1: Yeah. It's important. I mean, nobody wants to be miserable. I always, if, if I get to a point where I'm not happy, then a change has to be made. It's life's too short to be miserable.
0: I love it. Yeah. That's totally right. Right. Like be happy. You know what? Here's one thing. How do you define success? You asked that question.
1: I know. And I was like afraid somebody will ask me that. So don't ask me.
0: (laughs) I won't. But (laughs) here's my answer. Because as you're asking these young professionals, even though I've been through interviews and I do interviews myself, I'm answering them as well in my head. And that's something maybe these guys should do as well. When they see things like that,
1: focus
0: on yourself. My definition of success is simple. Happiness. Yeah, right. If you're happy in life, that is what I define success as. And I don't want to do anything that I'm not happy with. That doesn't mean I won't give anything a shot because I want to try different things. And I think you have to try to really find out what you do like and what you don't like. But yeah, being happy.
1: And the cool thing about why I picked that question is because there's no wrong answer. I mean, there really isn't. It's all perspective and personal. So, you know, I've had people, you know, say winning or making money, you know, or like you said, just being happy, you know. I mean, I think there can be success and failure, you know. I mean, I think in my personal failures in business, I've probably learned the most in my entire career during those times. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's good. And it's good to see everybody's different reactions to that question.
0: Yeah, so. they, they could be all over. And you're right. There is no wrong answer. Me personally, I was never motivated by money. I'm motivated yep. by heart and passion. And really, you know, I, I had sales positions. I wanted to sell the most, but you know, my early baseball, I wasn't getting commission. So <laughs> it wasn't like a money thing, right? It was just yep. like, I want to be the best at what I'm doing.
1: Yeah, no, exactly. That's what I always say. It's like, even with my last position, I just want to, I want to be the best, you know, in every facet. I'm, I'm competitive. I'm too old to play now, but I want to win. I want to, I want to have the best front office. I want to develop the talent that works in my departments. I want to see them grow up and, you know, kind of like your kids, you want them to, you're working with them all these years and you, you know, you, you set them up to go on in life and you want to see them flourish. Same thing with, you know, the sales teams that I've worked with. It's just, you want to build them up. And for me, one of the most rewarding things is seeing them move on to bigger and better things. You know, it's just, it's a good thing. Like I I don't think you should ever hold people back. Unfortunately there's a lot of managers I mean, I say managers because they're not really leaders if they do that. But a lot of people will, will not want to see them move on because they don't want to lose them. I don't want to lose any of them. But I also, if I don't have an opportunity for them, I don't want them to be held back.
0: Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Living sport alumni, listening, listen to Andrew. We do this to see you grow, <laughs> right? We, we challenge you. We give you all these opportunities because we want to see you grow and flourish and be happy. And yes, so you couldn't have said it better, Andrew, right there. You mentioned content. You said maybe link the YouTube video on a cover letter. What other ways can these young professionals take advantage of your free agent Fridays and use it as content for themselves?
1: Well, I mean, we have the YouTube video, so it's for each person. So we did that so that they can share it and they're not sharing all the others. We obviously have it on the podcast too. That's, you know, mixed in with like six to eight other ones. So uh, you don't really need to share that one. But I think I had somebody last week or actually a couple of days ago, he emailed me and said, Hey, I applied for this job. I see that you're connected to them on LinkedIn. Would you mind sending a message for me? And I said, no problem. And so I sent the hiring manager a email and I also included the link to the video. And I mean, this was just on Sunday. So I'm sure nothing's happened yet, but it just takes, you know, one little thing that might trigger that hiring manager and say, Oh, let me take a look at this. Or I didn't have a, a personal relationship with this person, but, maybe I do with somebody else that, that she was connected with. So I think anybody looking for a position, even when I wasn't even looking for a position, I started building my network on LinkedIn and, you know, I make it a point to try to reach out to at least one person a week. I mean, my schedule is crazy. I'm busy, but if you're serious about, you know, building a network and having genuine relationships, spend an hour a week or 30 minutes a week and try to have one or two calls with people. I typically will accept anybody who emails me say, Hey, do you have 15 minutes for a chat? There's a few times where I was just, I was too slammed within a a week or two period, but usually I can find 10 or 15 minutes and that's kind of what I do as well on the other side. So I always recommend that because this is a relationship based business and everybody wants in, you know, you know, sports, like people love it. They, you know, this is their way to, you know, become, you know, part of it. So you gotta, you definitely have to go above and beyond. You can't just connect with people on LinkedIn. You actually have to try to make genuine relationships and, and learn. I talk to people higher than me and lower than me and same level. And, I'm at a point now where I didn't do it as early in my career, but I'm all about trying to educate myself. And you educate yourself by surrounding yourself with very successful people, hear multiple ideas and strategies and, you know, because the same strategy might not work in the same market. You know, it could be the total opposite I've learned just from being in different markets and just trying to learn all the successes that people had. But I always ask like, what didn't work? you know and i know i'm not afraid to try it if it didn't work i would still potentially try something cuz like i said every market's a little different
0: so that's a good segue into a unique factor about yourself you mentioned it earlier your background in owning teams so when i interview aspiring sport professionals for whatever job it is or our program i ask the dream job question and I know no one, you know, you may not know that or you may not really know what to say, but there's two types of people um, in regards to answers. Those that kind of sky's the limit. I'm going to say a response that's like, wow, like shooting for the stars. And then there's some answers that are kind of I'm going to play it safe. It's going to be an obtainable type of (laughs) Not neither are right or wrong there, but I think it 's funny how you're usually fit in those two categories yeah. so many of the sky is the limit type of answers. they say that they want to be an owner of a team, okay that is something you have an experience in, and tell us what 's your story, how you got involved in owning.
1: well, when I was nineteen, I started uh, my first business. it was a commercial construction business. Kind of close to you. I was in the Pottstown Limerick area. And so we did commercial construction in the Philly and and New Jersey areas and built it up pretty good. Started retail business not too long after that. We opened up multiple locations, sold that, moved to Florida and started another business called Biz Sellers. And Biz Sellers is kind of what got me to the level where I could afford to kind of do some other things. And Biz Sellers was kind of like an ad agency for people buying and selling businesses. So with that, I was still young. I did not go to college. I got married right out of high school. So I always had that like, man, I wish I would have went. I played f- football and, you know, I wanted to go to college and play football. And so I started a football team so I could play. And so uh-huh. so I mean, when you own, you can do whatever you want. So, So I did that. I played for like two seasons and it was a semi-pro team. So it's like guys that are, it's kind of like collegiate wooden bat or, you know, the PDL, like these soccer leagues where it's college players typically. So they don't get paid, but it's a good way to either go on to college or we had some guys get tryouts with NFL and arena football teams. So I started that and the first team was in Orlando, Orlando Stars, and I sold the team. I sold it for fifteen thousand dollars and uh, big money. I took that money and I started another team in in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where i 'm from and I did the same thing, built it up. We actually had you know good attendance i mean it, they're, both teams were profitable, not a lot, but probably twenty thirty thousand a year and flipped that, sold it, and then I got into indoor football and I bought a team that was about to fold. So I got a smoking deal on it, finished out the season. And I was like, you know what? I think I could do a better job on the league level. And actually, I think my wife is the one who said, hey, you should just start your own league. And I think she probably regrets that now. Uh, But so I started my own league. And like I said, just continue to build up, sell, build up, sell, build up, sell to get more money. And, you know, kind of shooting for the...
0: That was your goal there to build up and sell to get more money for that next thing. Oh
1: yeah, absolutely. And I took a little heat for it. Like, Oh, you're, you know, you're not going to stick with it long. Well, my goal wasn't, my goal was to own a major league sports team. I'm not a billionaire. I don't come from money. So I have to build my way up. And so that's kind of what I've done over the last 20 years. And you know, it's, it's fun. So, I mean, from some of those struggles that i had it's like part of me was like okay maybe i don't want to own a major league team but i want to be at least a team president so those are my two goals and we're still we're maybe halfway there
0: so you learned something there and if you never started doing that you wouldn't have learned that really where you want to go so perfect example right there you you have to do you have to try to shoot for those stars to to get really the background of what it is you wanna do. My question here for you was, what is the biggest thing you learned in owning these teams?
1: Well, I think early on, I overextended myself. And so, and I wasn't a good delegator. And so I think once I became a good delegator and, and a better leader, it really opened things up. And I think it came back to like, I wanted to be in total control. And it really, I went to another level once I got past that. And, you know, it's still, you know, low level, but, you know, the teams so that I've owned. How did,
0: how did you get past that? Like, what were the steps? How did you realize what you were doing, which is probably the hardest part?
1: I think part of it was I, I had over my career, I've had some money. Um, and then there's times where I haven't had money. So I've, I've been up and down. And so when you don't have money, you have to really rely on hustle and keeping your expenses down. And so the times I've had money, once I started having more money, I had money to hire people and hire better people. And that's really what I focused on. And then it just took me a little time to adjust to say, look, I don't have to be in 100% control because you can anyway. You, you cannot control everything as much as you want to. And I don't really think there was like an aha moment on it. I think it was just kind of like a gradual process. And once it happened though, um, and I'd say probably just in the past 10 years, you know, maybe 12, 10, 12, 10 to 12 years.
0: Amazing. Your story's fascinating. It is. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Can't wait to see what's next.
1: Oh, I got some big news coming next week. So
0: All right. it's going How, to be fun. How's the release like? Are you doing it on social? Where should I look out for media?
1: Probably we'll send out a press release and then social media. And then I'm going to dedicate a show to it because it's, it's major.
0: Get me on the list. Yes. The yes. List. <laughs> I want to be on that press release list. Yeah. Okay. Ending out here with the last two questions, as far as your experience working with aspiring professionals, what is your best advice that you could put out there for them?
1: I think being open-minded, understanding that you don't know it all. I I don't know it all. And I've been in it most of my adult life. Um, I've had people that I've hired that have taught me more than I've taught them. So I think, you know, just having an open mind, be willing to do whatever it takes. This is not a nine to five. This is, you know, evenings, weekends, stuff comes up at the last minute, just, you know, being flexible and continue to educate yourself. I think that's the number one thing with with me and where I'm at now is I just, I really seek knowledge. And like I said, there's so many successful people out there and they all have different styles and, you know, I just want to soak up as much as I can. But I mean, that's, that's it. And you got to hustle. You know, if I ever had, like I wouldn't hire somebody that is looking for a nine to five job. Like I don't want to overwork anybody, but at the same time, I just want to get the job done. And so if we can get it done quick, then we're done. But in my office, I try to make it a fun place. So there's a lot of times where we will you know, take a day off and go out and play golf as a staff or do whatever, but that's all because we're getting the results that we need and we don't necessarily need to be in the office every single day. So, um, but I think that's continue to educate yourself. I mean, the college degree is good and it's ironic that almost everyone that I've hired has a college degree, but me, I'm not all about the, you have to be a college graduate. You have to be able to produce and hustle.
0: I think that's the most important thing right now. The college degree is not going to get you that job. It's going to be your hustle, your mentality, your dedication for sure. Okay. Last one here, Andrew. If somebody is struggling right now due to COVID or just the difficulty to get a job in this industry, what do they have to do right now?
1: I think they've got a kind of a, like what I mentioned earlier is they got to get on the, on LinkedIn and really develop. It's a great way to connect with people. And if nothing else, what I really enjoy from it is I see what other people are doing by their post on LinkedIn. So I've gotten a lot of great ideas, but you can't sit back. I mean, really anytime, if you're, looking for something in the sports world, like even when stuff's normal, if you're not persistent and consistent with yourself, it's tough. And it's just a lot of people I've hired have come from referrals have, and that's all just by networking with people. And so I, I think that is probably one of the biggest things is just make sure you're, you're continuing to build your network, continue to educate yourself, put yourself in front of the right people. LinkedIn is probably the best resource I've seen for me as far as business development and connections. So I definitely would focus on that. If you have a hundred connections on LinkedIn and you're looking for a sports job, you're not really connected to anybody. To me, that just shows me that you're kind of lazy with it. You're not, you know, at least get to the 500. So it shows 500 on there. But I just did that with my staff, with my, my previous position with the Fredericksburg nationals is really focus them on building their network and the importance of it just within business and then future opportunities. And they all kind of were like, ah, I mean, we do LinkedIn, we have a hundred and some, but once they were in it a month or two, like with the right strategy, I mean, I've had a couple get calls about, you know, like leadership roles with teams. And like I said, I mean, that is great. And it comes back to LinkedIn and, and being active and engaging.
0: All right. Tremendous advice right there. Thank you for coming on the show. It's been a blast getting to talk to you, getting to know you more. Thanks for having those Living Sport alum on your your segment that you started, uh, Free Agent Fridays. And I look forward to not only seeing Living Sport alumni, but really all of them that you do, I I, I watch and I potentially Thank can you positions opening up too. So, you know, we're all watching and that's a great, great segment.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. I am Andrew Haynes. I am Living Sport. Hey guys, thanks for
0: listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Our goal at Living Sport is to help all young professionals succeed in the sport industry, especially through the Living Sport International Sport Business Program. This program provides students with an opportunity to experience the world through sport. If you're interested to learn more,
1: go to livingsport.com. Have a great day, guys.